Father, you are good. You are holy, Lord. And we stand in awe of who you are. We glorify your name in every situation and in every circumstance. And Father, we, we welcome your voice in this time. We want to hear from you. So Lord, remove me and speak through me so that your people come to know you better. Father, we love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we talked about earlier, there is, this is the week of Thanksgiving. Thursday is Thanksgiving. And since you guys don't celebrate Thanksgiving here, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it because, you know, might as well. <laughs> so Thanksgiving is based off of a feast that happened during colonial times in America. Well, there's these people called the Pilgrims that came over on a ship called the Mayflower. Now, when we think of ships today, we think of cruiser, cruise lines that are huge and wonderful and lovely, but in reality, this ship was tiny. It was made of wood, and it probably smelled really terrible. <laughs> um, because there was 100 people on this ship, it was cramped, and there was no bathroom. Your bathroom was a bucket, and you poured it over the side when you were done. So, not the best of conditions, but people were leaving. And why were they leaving England, like the England, Great Britain area? Because they were withstanding religious persecution. Because they were being told they couldn't worship God the way they felt like God was calling them to worship. And so, these people left some oppression with an understanding that they might not even make it to the Americas, but with the hope that there would be some sort of freedom on the other side. But when they got here, guess what they found? A terrible winter, rocky shores, and a land they had no idea how to take care of. Now, during this time, they came, they got to the States, they landed on the shore, uh, the New England shore, which is full of rocks, full of you know, kind of, they're not the greatest beaches. <laughs> and they landed during winter. And it was cold, and they had no idea what to do. So they stayed on the ship. But because they stayed on the ship, they faced all kinds of diseases and death, and over half the people died. So they find a place where they can land and get off, and spring comes, and half of the people are there, and they're... They're coming to this land, and they're just like, okay, what do we do now? So they have to begin to start to build a place and try to figure out how to grow crops and try to figure out how to forage the land and all of these things. And so then a Native American comes up, who, which I'm sure back home they've heard stories of Native Americans, how scary they are and how mean they are and how terrible they are. And this Native American comes up who actually speaks English and says, hello, <laughs> and welcomes them. And this begins a relationship where the pilgrims have to trust the Native Americans who they don't know if at any point they're going to turn and say, you know, we don't want you here. But they trust these people and they begin to show them how to farm. And they begin to show them how to forage for berries and things that aren't going to kill you, you know, because if you eat the wrong berry, you could die. So 
They teach them all these things, what animals are good to eat, what animals can't be eaten, those types of things. And then at the end of this harvest season, they have a big meal together. And the Native Americans go out and they kill the meat and the pilgrims come in and they harvest the land and they bring all these together. And I just begin to think, what does that look like? What does that look like for them? Because everything that they would normally eat, the comforts of home, the sugar that they brought with them was gone. You know, it's been a long time since they've had any kind of supplies from back home. So it's all new. It's all different. It's all hard. But yet they're sitting here and they're thanking the Lord for the provision of what they have at the table. And so today I want to talk about contending with our comfort. What does it look like to contend with our comfort? What does it look like to choose the path less traveled? And what does it look like when when we long for what God longs for us, even if it means it's going to be a little bit hard? So we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians 4. And we're going to start at verse 7. And we're going to read a good amount. So bear with me. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not destroyed. Not ugh. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So that death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Now, there was, <laughs> I probably told some of you this story, but I'm gonna tell it again because I feel like it's uh, quite appropriate for <laughs> this message. <laughs> Hypocrisy, oh, geez, Jenna, really calling it out today. <laughs> All right, so when we came here, 
the night before we got on a plane, I was praying for our trip and I was praying over what, what I felt like, you know, I needed to pray over. Before you go on a long trip, I pray. I mean, I hope you do too, because, you know, you just want God to be in it. <laughs> so I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, you know, make the trip easy. Let us be, you know, like, let us get through everything without, um, what did I say? I'm going to get the words wrong, but without any kind of like eventful things happening, like just make it smooth. And in that prayer, the Lord said to me, but what if I don't want it to be smooth? What if I don't want it to be uneventful? And you know, when God says that to you, you say, oh, crap. <laughs> what are you going to do to us? <laughs> you know, like what, what are you asking of us? Because I like smooth and uneventful. That makes me happy. <laughs> But the Lord said, I don't want you to pray for that. I want you to pray for my will to be done. So I prayed, okay, God, your will be done. You know, with the caveat in my mind saying, Lord, please don't make it too crazy. Like, can we just, you know, let's, let's try not to drive me nuts tomorrow. Because, you know, five kids, two adults, running around airports, it's not fun. But if you know the story of what happened, You'll know that that's what happened. <laughs> Five kids, two adults, running around airports, missing flights. <sighs> Anything that could go wrong did go wrong. But I can tell you that the things that went wrong, we saw God in the middle of them. We missed our first flight getting into D.C. And we had, so we had these big tubs and you can ask oh, Ronnie and Nigel, neither one of them are here today, but they had to load them into the vans. But they were these huge, massive tubs, and there was two per person, plus our hand luggage, plus a backpack, and there was so much stuff. And we're getting it. So the reason why we missed our flight was because our rental car from Chesapeake, Virginia, to D.C. was delayed by an hour and a half. And it wasn't our fault. It was just the rental company just was like, well, we don't have a car for you yet. Good luck. And we're like, okay. So we finally get the car, we get up to DC, and we run into the airport. They get our bags, they put our bags on the plane, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna get you on this flight, you know, we've got it, we've got it, and I'm like, oh God, you're so good, like, yes. And we get there, and we get, to the, we get through security, they like push us through security, and then we get to the gate, and they're like, oh sorry, we just closed the doors, you can't get on. And I'm like, what? Our luggage is on the flight. Like, you're just going to take our luggage and go, and we're going to be here? What do we do now? Like, I'd never missed a flight before. That was new for me. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So we sat, and I was like, okay, let's pray. Let's just pray. Because if I freak out right now, everybody's going to freak out, and it's going to be bad. So I need to pray, so we're all praying. So we sat down, and we prayed, and we just... We just ask God to give us favor, show us his will, do something in this so that we know that we're moving. And so we end up, go, I end up going down, we get put on the next day's flight, and then we get a hotel, I find a hotel close. My mom, thankfully, hadn't left, so she ended up driving us to the hotel, and we got taken care of. But God made little provisions in the midst of the struggle that showed us his mercy. 
It showed us his favor. It showed us his hand. That even though things weren't going the way we thought they were, that they should go, he still was in the middle of it all. People got to see us respond to being closed out by praying. There was a group of workers sitting over to the side, and they just kind of like kept looking over at us like, what are they doing? They're not, they're not getting angry, you know? They're praying. And throughout our entire trip, it was little things like that, little moments like that that the Lord used but we first had to recognize our feelings. We were frustrated, we were tired, and it was, I mean, I was angry at one point. When we contend with our comfort, we have to recognize first that we have emotions in this. We're not always happy that things are going this way. We're not always excited that, you know, we have to go through the hard things in life. We have to recognize our emotions. Look at them in, for what they are. Because emotions are natural. They are from, you know, God gives us emotions for a reason and a purpose. And it helps us recognize how we feel about things in the moment. So, in the midst of it, we then had to evaluate our response. Thankfully, we responded right on that one. But I'm going to be real honest, I often don't respond the right way. Usually, I get frustrated and angry, and the Lord has to say, but you want, you want my will in your life, right? <laughs> you want what I want for you, right? I can tell you so many times in this journey getting here that I've felt the Lord say, hey, you might not get this. This might not be, this might not work the way you think it should. And there have been so many times where I've had to say, okay, Lord, your will be done. And put it in his hands and say, you know what, Lord, if this is what you want from me, then I know that you're going to make a way. But my initial response was, but it was supposed to work out. Like this, this house that we have yet to see, you know, we know that God has brought us here. We know that he has called us here. It's, we have no doubt about that. But we don't have a house yet. And that kind of stinks, you know. You want to have what you feel like you're supposed to have when you come into God's favor and blessing and all of these things and when you're walking in his will. But right now, he's using us for other purposes. He has a purpose in us not having a house yet, and that's okay. Is it always easy? Absolutely not. Are we always jumping for joy? No. But you know what? God has built relationship in that. We've gotten to know everybody who comes to the castle. We've gotten to build relationship with Olga. We've gotten to build relationship with Ronnie and Carolyn and Nigel and things, the relationships that we wouldn't normally get to do, they would be minimal opportunities. Now are great opportunities. And like I said, it hasn't always been easy. But this momentary light affliction is producing an eternal glory. There are things being built in those relationships. There are things being built by what we're walking through in this moment 
there is something that God is doing in all of it that I might not even see right now. But I know that he has purpose in it. And so our response needs to be in line with his purpose and his will for our lives. And then thirdly, we need to commit to the Lord and submit yourself to his will. We have to submit ourselves to his will. It says, this is one of my favorite things to speak over myself when I'm in the middle of struggle. I used to struggle with um, really crippling anxiety. I would have panic attacks and I would feel like I'm dying. Um, especially after having um, some of our kids, you know, we've had all C-sections, which I know guys love to talk about, so you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but the, it's all major surgery. And so when you come out of it, you're, you feel helpless. You can't pick up your baby on your own. You can't do a lot of things that you need to do as a mother, especially when you have a ton of kids behind that, that baby, you know? Like you're like, I need to be able to take care of these people. I need to be able to do all of these things, and you just can't. And so it brought on some intense anxiety to the point where I felt like I was having a heart attack one day. And something that the Lord would have me speak over myself was, was this 2 Corinthians 8. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. He tells us that we are we're going to see hardship. We're going to see things happen that we don't want to happen. But when we choose to say, my comfort is not necessary, but your glory is. My, my happiness is not necessary, but your glory is. You know, Jenna talked about the joy of the Lord earlier. And it says, the Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. But joy and happiness are not the same thing. There was a season for us where we were walking through a lot of deaths. We had about four deaths in our family in a span of a year. Church life was going really poorly. We had all kinds of things going on. And in the midst of it, there was this joy and this peace that carried, carried me through it. And I, I couldn't explain to you what it felt like because I will tell you I was angry in the midst of it. I was sad in the midst of it. I was broken in the midst of it. But still, there was peace and there was a joy that carried me through it. And what, that was the moment when I learned what the joy of the Lord was, what it meant to feel Rest, even in the brokenness. And it's because I had people praying for me. It's because I, I didn't run from God, but I cling to him. And that's what he wants for you today. That's what he wants from all of us, is to cling to him. 
I know so many are hurting and broken for various reasons. There are so many things that are happening in our lives that we need to see God do a work. But we need to first cling to him. That's all he's asking. All he wants from us is to cling to him and then invite others into that. To invite the people around you in this room to be a part of that struggle with you. We're called to bear one another's burdens. And I can tell you that there are people in this room that want to bear those burdens with you. Like David said earlier, these are a people of prayer. And I can tell you that firsthand. Because I have felt them. Oh, I'm going to cry. And now we know we're we're at the end because now I've cried. (laughs) But when we contend with our comfort, when we are contending with being in the will of God rather than choosing the easy path, we need to invite others into that place. We need to ask for people to pray with us, to sit in the brokenness with us, to allow us to just give our emotions. Sometimes you just need to sit down with someone and say, oh, everything sucks right now. (laughs) There are several people in this room who have heard that from me. Like, it sucks right now. And that's okay, because you're facing your emotions. You're recognizing that, yes, it isn't great, that life isn't perfect. But just like David in the Psalms, we can say, I am broken. I am hurting. Where are you, God? And still say, God, you are good. And I want to leave you with this today because I know that so many here haven't chose the road less traveled. You haven't chose this brokenness. You haven't chose this affliction. It's kind of been chosen for you with health issues and anxiety and fear and doubt. But God says he will never leave you or forsake you. You are not alone. And the fact that you're sitting in this room should tell you you are not alone. Because I guarantee you, if you reached out to anyone in this room, they would gladly sit with you in it. They would happily be with you in the midst of that struggle. They would mourn with you while you're mourning. And they would rejoice with you when you're rejoicing. Because they love you. The moment you walk through those doors, you are loved. If by no one else, by me. (laughs) So I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the work of your spirit in us. We thank you for your hand on our life, even if we can't see it right now. God, we repent of not trying to follow you, of trying to take the comfortable way. And God, we say your will be done. We want what you want for us. We long for what you long for us. And God, we want to show you to the world. We want to walk this walk because it means that we pour you out over everyone we come in contact with. God, help us to see 
Help us to see what you see and not what we see. Father, we love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.